welcome to the Group Home Riches Podcast. If you have the desire to be your own boss, create your own schedule, and become financially free while at the same time helping people in need, then you've come to the right place. At GroupHomeRiches.com, we teach people exactly like yourself how to get started in the group home business. And on this podcast, you're going to hear their stories firsthand. How long have you been following us for? Honestly, I, <laughs> I've been following the group home pages. I've been getting emails, I think, since 2000 and maybe 16. Okay. All right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. And when did when did you join the gold course? It was actually, I think it was the New Year's special you all had for okay. the 2000, was it, uh, it was, this year, just the 2018 to 2019 New Year's special you guys had. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so you, you had mentioned in there that, that it was kind of, it was rough for you. It's, ta- it was taking a lot of time. Uh, Andy, uh, Andy, you just, you, Andy's just getting back from his Labor Day vacation. Andy, how long were you gone for? I was in Napa for 11 days. 11 days. And you didn't have to go back and forth to any of your group homes, did you? I don't think I've seen a group home for probably a couple of years. <laughs> so, Marlene, we'll, we'll, we'll give you some tips and kind of tactics that you can implement so hopefully you can uh, you could be in this in the same position. Not be, you want to be working on your business, but not in your not business. Not in, correct. <laughs> um, so... Let's start, let's start, let's, let's rewind. What brought you to even come to our website in the first place? Uh, my grandfather was an, an electrician and he was working on a big empty apartment building. And, you know, he, you know, he asked me, hey, if, you know, we were going to the store to play the lottery. And he said, well, Marlene, if we hit, what would you like to do? <laughs> so I, I gave him my big grandiose idea that, you know, I would take all, I'll buy a building similar to the one he was working on and um, take all the homeless people off the street. <laughs> and he just kind of took that the idea. This is when you were six years old? Yes. Man, my, my son's six years old, and I think he would say that he would just buy a bunch of toys or something like that. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. It really is. I have no idea where it came from, but, you know, the, the, the idea of helping people never left me. And so for many years, I had been, you know, taking care of my sister, and she was she had some health issues. So it was just nothing for me to go to the hospital, hospital with her and you know, rearrange my life just to help her feel comfortable. And, um, you know, when I would go out, people would ask, well, you know, well, why would you do this? I'm like, she's my sister. Why, why wouldn't I do it? And it wasn't until, you know, I started talking to other people just to kind of, you know, understand why they would say that people value their time. That's just what it is. And, I also value my time. However, I do value people. So that that nurturing part of aspect of me helping people, it just is very overwhelming for me personally. I can't tame it, <laughs> even mm-hmm. if I wanted to. So um, just fast forward, you know, when I became an adult with my own kids, I the, I did never left left my head, and so I started 
doing some research on how to, you know, get a group home because this has been my my true desire from since I was yay young, and I actually came across your uh, your your website. I don't know. I think it was your blog or your email. I, I'm not even rem- I can't even remember how I came across it, but you know, I, I signed up for it and I started getting emails back in 2016, and it took me a few years before I even took the leap to even make a, a step in that direction. Uh, that is that is not a long time to get a business up and going at all. And you're, you're ahead of, you know, about, I would say 95% of the, of the, of the folks that we talk to or that really that not just our, uh, our content, but people that, get into real estate, exercising, anything. <laughs> uh, you know, most people don't don't really follow through with, with what they you what they want to what they say they're going to. So um, right. and really, you know, you fo- you started following us, but you really didn't um I don't think you really started to take action until like the beginning of this year, it sounds like, right? Well actually yeah, sorta of, kinda Two thousand, the ending part of 2017, remember I told you I had this overwhelming uh, gut nature to help people? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually uh, met a guy. We moved pretty fast. And before you know it, remember I told you my sister had been with me all these years. And so I was in my head trying to think of a plan to try and help her and figure out what I can do. And so I found out about tax liens. And honestly, that's kind of what set it off because I was like, how can I help my sister but still separate myself and start my own family and but at the same time still help her? So I came across um, tax liens. And with digging into tax liens, again, simultaneously looking into group homes, that's how I found you guys, and and it went from tax liens to real estate investing, and I start learning about a process where you basically are the middleman for someone who's looking to sell and for someone who's looking to buy, and um, that's kind of how I got my first property. So fast forward, mm-hmm. you know, once I learned about the tax lien, fast forward, took some action, did some studying, came across somebody who was in transitional housing also had a house to sell, which was back on their mortgage. So I, at the time, I didn't know anything about it, but apparently I kind of fell into a subject, subject to uh, property. And that technically was my first deal, um, but that I didn't get that to close until much later on. And my husband and I, we ended up purchasing a property for the group home, um, months like a month before we actually close on that subject to property that's that's beautiful and i think that that's that is awesome that's like the that's like the mag the magic formula i think is if if you can (laughs) if you can learn the the real estate investment aspect of this um then then you you can you know you could set yourself up for life um Right. I, I kind of I like to compare it to uh, like McDonald's. Um, mm-hmm. you, you've I don't know if you've heard it, but you know they're 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 not necessarily in the burger business; they're in the real estate right. business. So Correct. you can think of your group homes as as the same way. If you're if you're buying homes at a discount, 
and renting them out, that alone, that alone has created, you know, the most millionaires out of any, any other business that's out there. Um, but the difference with this is you can have, (laughs) you can have a cash flowing operational business running out of those homes. And at the same time, you're, uh, you're scratching your itch of helping people that you've had since right. you were so it's the perfect business for you. So, um, and you know, that's what, that's kind of the mindset. Uh, I come from a real estate investment background and that's how Andy, that's how you got into it as well. Correct. Right. Correct. Absolutely. I mean, it was really very similar to you. You know, I started buying real estate, and then I kept reading these articles. I didn't have really a family member, but I kept reading these articles about really the national news, but the Dallas Morning News all over the place, where there were people that were getting out of hospitals, and they needed a place to stay. And um, uh, again, very similar to you, I put two and two together. People needed transitional housing. They needed group homes, care homes, uh, assisted livings. And um, that's really what we did. We started filling up these properties and one thing led to another. And as Brandon said, it was awesome because you could help people, but you also had an operating business that was spinning off a lot of free cash flow after debt service and after paying the rent to obviously my other company. So it's it's really a win-win on all fronts. That's that's correct, correct. And I understood, I once I got into it and uh, my first property, even without it being full to capacity, we realized that this one particular property, you know, since we got started the transitional housing or the group home, however you want to phrase it, we uh, got a couple more properties and we realized that this property that we were using to help people was generating more income than the other properties that we had as traditional renters and that even at some point an Airbnb uh, property that we had. So it's just uh, less overhead, and it, but it brought, uh, it brought in way more money. And the way that we acquired that particular property and the, the, the business structure of it, it just made more sense. And, you know, it's just so crazy because I was just telling my husband that, you know, oh, we should probably reverse engineer this because when you think about this think about how we acquired the property we acquired it uh i believe it was ten thousand dollars behind the mortgage payment yes about ten thousand um we did the closing and we spent roughly what was it fifteen roughly fifteen thousand fixing it up and we didn't go all out with it we we definitely brought it back to life and um Put some people in there, and even with that investment, uh, the initial upfront investment, we've already made that back. So, and it's been just less than a year. Nice. Which is incredible. I mean, that's a 100% return on your money in a year. Most Correct. people are happy to get their money back in 10 years. Right. I mean, you, you almost have to laugh about that. Well, you know, it took, like I said, we, we've been in the real estate investing and, and with along with the group home um, business, and we're taking some bumps and bruises on one side. However, we're, you know, we're doing very well in, in the group home aspect. So we're trying to put our heads together and 
put it out there because, like I said, we're very new to investing. We're just trying to see what works. And once I laid it out to him, we put the numbers together, hands down, the, the way that we acquired the property, the, the initial upfront cost, and the amount of cash flow that we bring in monthly definitely is the, the best return on your money that you could look for in less than a year's time. So we're thinking about restructuring some things so that it works in our favor every single way, even if we take a loss. Yeah, and I forgot to ask, what city are you in? I'm actually in Atlanta. I'm in. I'm. I'm. I'm in. I'm. In, I'm in the outskirts. I live in the outskirts of Atlanta, but um, our properties are in the Atlanta area. I want to give. I want to give a big shout out to Atlanta because I feel like, uh, like, hands down, that's the city where the most people that I see that follow our stuff like actually like get their stuff up and running. <laughs> okay. All right, Merlene, uh Andy's gonna take a quick break. He's probably got uh you know how the real estate investing game can go. So oh, absolutely um so you're you're in Atlanta uh how many how many properties do you guys have not group homes but actual like uh you have rental properties or what's right, that right yes we have one two three yeah three three properties currently okay and uh are they in the, are they getting rehab now or are they rented out what's um well one is rented out and then uh-huh. I have the group home, and then I have the Airbnb. So all three properties are are being used currently. Nothing is in renovation. They're all finished. Cool. And you said that the group home is the one that performs the best. It, correct. Are you th- are you uh, are you thinking of converting the other two into group homes? No. Um, well, <laughs> well, one of them I am um, the air the actual Airbnb. Uh, I am thinking about that. Um, it, it's in an area that it could produce more income, and it's a, probably a C-class area. However, we fixed the house up pretty nice. So it's the thought of do I want to put, you know, someone in there that could potentially damage the place that we've, you know, pretty, you know we've invested a pretty good amount of money into it. So mm-hmm. that, that, that decision there, that's what's holding me back from doing it. However, I am looking to acquire two more properties before the the, the uh, end of this year. So if I'm able to successfully do that, then I can focus my efforts to converting those into transitional housing, group homes, um, so that whatever else I have, one, I'm actually going to do a corporate housing in um, one of our townhouses simply because of the location. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So... Uh, just to fill you in, Andy, she's got one. She got. They have three properties now. One's a group home. One is Airbnb, and the other is just uh, just a rental property. Correct. Correct. And we're looking to get two more properties by the end of the year. Um, so you acquire the properties just by a you know by a real estate investment. Um, strategies probably like are you guys doing your own marketing or, or purchasing from wholesalers 
Correct. We're doing our own marketing, correct. So, Very cool. So, Very cool. Right. So the first one we got from a wholesaler. The second one, like I said, I tripped and fell into a subject two deal, and I didn't know, even really know much about that process. But we, we you know, we fell off the building and built a parachute on the way down, basically. So uh, that brings up a great point that I, I want to bring up to our listeners. Uh, you will figure this stuff out as you go along. Every real estate yeah. deal I've ever done is is a totally different situation. Uh, I can't explain to you that like all the details and the legal aspects of it, but that's what a title company is there for. Uh, if you can get out there, so you're good with people, uh, you know that that's how you get real estate deals done. Uh, you don't have to spend years researching, uh, you know real estate law and and uh contracts and and things like that you just get out there and and make things done so i would say that i kind of i fell through every single real estate deal i've ever done (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, but those you know that that's those are the type of people that they get the deals um not the people that spend years going to real estate meetings and and uh get stuck in analysis paralysis and it's yep yep exactly i'd see people uh literally every every meeting hey man what have you done oh you know i'm still learning (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm I'm learning mortgages this month oh cool you know what are you doing for marketing Oh, I haven't started marketing yet. Well, yeah. So, uh, for everyone listening out there, even if you don't want to do the real estate end of it, <clears throat> apply that same strategy to the, to your group home business. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, we have a ton of content out there, but don't just sit there and read everything for a year, you know, start implementing stuff like, um, Merlene did, um, as far as marketing. So that's how you, that's how you found the home. How, how did you find the tenants for, for your group? Home? <laughs> well, so I have to just kind of tell you this, Brandon, I am a very shy person. So I, it took a lot for me to actually start in, I'll, I'll admit, I had, at some point, I must have suffered through some type of analysis paralysis, and probably uh-huh. still to today. Yeah. Um, however, you know, it was just taking a little bit of action just to get started. Was I doing it right? I had absolutely no idea. What <laughs> I did was I, <laughs> I said, let me just figure this out. So I created a flyer on, like, Microsoft Word or, you know, one of those Microsoft suites. And it was a three-fold uh, flyer, and I, and I put pictures on it. I put some things about myself and what I believed in and just kind of stick it on there and threw it, you know, just threw it together, went to, like, FedEx Kinko's and printed them out, not sure where exactly to take them. Um, and this was, like, right when I first got you guys so uh, what I did was I just took them to, like, um, mental health facilities, the VA, hospitals. I called rehab centers, you know, just everything that was in the market. I just kind of 
either called them or took them the marketing um, pieces or got their email and sent it out. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they wanted to help or not, you know, I figured I would just put it out there just in case. And so uh, I started getting calls. I said I started getting calls, and in fact, I just got a call not long ago, about a month ago, from one of the very first places that I took my flyers, and they never called. This was last year um, in November. This was right before I even got your course, actually. Uh, I started printing, uh, I did my first uh, brochure, and I took it down to the VA a month ago. This was back in last year, November. A month ago, they called from that one flyer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just you you just got to put the marketing out there. Somebody will eventually bite, bite, you know, and give you a call. Whether you can service their, uh, the people that they're helping or not, at least they have your information and they could pass it along because word of mouth travels. Exactly. Um, Andy, how, you know, how much, how much outbound marketing do you have to do now? Really none anymore. Um, just because at the very beginning, such a, I mean, I don't know, 20 years ago, we wound up doing exactly what you're talking about. We would go out and we put flyers out there. I'd hire people to put flyers out. Sitting in my office, which was in my house at the time, mm-hmm. and I fax machine. And I was literally just faxing over the exact same thing to all the mental health clinics, all the hospitals around town, the VA clinic, and I would just fax them nonstop. I mean, I was basically spam faxing their fax machines. And um, lo and behold, I would do that. I would send out mass emails to everybody. Next thing you knew, the phone was ringing nonstop. Um, And I think we probably marketed heavily for about six or seven months. And then after that, maybe a little bit every quarter, um, but really since then, I mean, it's all, it's all word of mouth. You know, my guys are friends with all the case managers, the social workers, the doctors. So they, essentially, they called my managers, got a guy, dual diagnosis, bipolar, schizophrenia, whatever it might be, male, 54 years old, blah, 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 blah. And uh, do you have any spots available? If we don't have any spots available, we'll do an intake appointment and then bring the person in, obviously collect payment. And... Uh, yeah, but we don't do any marketing, really. So uh, <clears throat> I just wanted to bring up the point, Merlene, that, that you'll see a compound effect. So right. like uh, there'll be more and more of those people eventually calling you. And eventually <clears throat> it'll just be, you know, you'll get uh, referrals and, and word of mouth marketing. And you have your website already, correct? Well, yeah, but I wasn't getting any hits from that website, you know, um, for whatever reason, I couldn't figure it out. So I said, I'll wait to until my son is, you know, done with, (laughs) look, I'm I'm looking to recruit my son to do some things because he's reaping the benefits. So I said, (laughs) once he's done with high school football, and I think he has track after that, he's going to sit down for a couple of days and figure out how to do the SEO and so I could set it back up so he'll he'll be able to run that for me. And if, if he can run that for me, I can give him a small kickback because he's already getting a huge kickback now uh, just nice. by being my son. <laughs> I, I, I think that I'll teach him, you know, how to, 
you know, do something for money so that when he goes off to college, if someone needs help similar to me, he'll already have that knowledge and he can earn a few dollars while he's away at college. So my mindset is to just make sure he's able to be uh, sustain his own little things while I can do the big things. So if I could successfully do that, then I'll feel accomplished as a parent. Now, how will that work out? Let's just pray, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a beautiful thing right there. Um, let, me, let me grab this real quick again. I'll be right back. Okay. With the, with the website, I wanted to uh, bring up, you know, it, right now, that's, it's something that, you know, what, what do you, what do you think those social workers are, are doing when they get an email or a flyer on their end? Um, they're probably doing a little bit of research on you, correct? Well, no, they just, I, honestly, I have no idea. So what happened was um, my first set of flyers that were already out there didn't have anything on it um and actually uh yeah they didn't have anything on it and i'm still getting calls from them so maybe it works maybe they don't but at some point i plan on structuring it a little bit different i just wanted to make sure that i can get it up and running and going and sustain itself so my biggest thing is to structure this whole business so that I could be less hands-on. Then that's the goal here. That's what we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into that when uh, when Andy comes back. I think he had another he had another phone call. Um, but we'll we'll talk about kind of how he structures his business. You heard him him mention his managers. Um, right. He he literally. Uh, he 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 doesn't have to do any day to day activities for his group homes. Like if if he doesn't want to, um, he's he we he's shown me. We've gone around and and you know he he showed me his group homes and things like that. But other than that, I don't think he's actually even you know stepped foot in them in in a long time. <laughs> um, wow. It, so uh, we'll kind of we'll get into that in a, in a little bit. I wanted to uh, mention that website though. That'll be part of the compound effect. So once you once you drive traffic, you know, uh, manually with your outbound marketing to that website, uh, people start to go to it. You'll start to rank higher. Eventually, you'll start getting calls from that website. And that is uh, that's kind of Andy's main main resource for for leads at this point are the uh, are the websites. So yeah, uh, the, the website's huge. And if I can, sorry about that. I had to answer that real quick. No worries. The last one, um, but it's very interesting the way that Google um, really has everything structured. You almost have to look at your website like a business. So. Most businesses, you're not going to get your money back for about four or five years, give or take. Um, so Google, the minute you put your website up, they're not going to just start sending you traffic. Obviously, it does need to be SEO optimized and everything else. But you're really not going to see, to Brandon's point, that compound effect until typically around month seven or eight. Um, and obviously, the more stuff that you have on your website, the better. The more people that are coming to your website, the better. Um, the more people that come to your website, the more people Google will, will essentially send you. Um, anyways, just wanted to toss that out. Yeah, yeah, no, that 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 was the the point I was trying to on, was trying to make as well. Um, so yeah, I guess that was just a second, but yeah. So uh, 
Andy Merlin, uh, so like her, the long-term goal, obviously she, she getting two more properties. Um, let's talk, let's kind of talk about like the, the, the management aspect of it so we can get her to be working on the business and not in the business as, as much. So let's start with, I think one of the key things is, is, uh, like a house supervisor, correct? Absolutely, yeah. So, number one, you're going to have to have your house manager. You Chances are you already have somebody that is. Um, but that's really your first key hire. Somebody, and what we do is we'll typically take somebody that is, you know, either high-functioning but lazy, uh, and they just don't want to go to work, but they're more than happy to be, you know, to be the, the man or woman of the house. And oftentimes they're sitting around, they're eating, they're playing video games, but they're monitoring everybody and they're making sure everybody is doing their house chores. So that's, that really is the first key hire that you can make. Um, and then the second person, after you get a couple of these things up and going, the second most important person to hire is going to be, sorry, everybody's texting me and that's my the, the second most important hire to make is really going to be your your overall general manager. So you're going to have your general manager that's going to oversee all of your house managers. So it's it's pretty simple. <laughs> uh, but that that's you right now. Are you, you're probably wearing both of those hats at the moment, correct? Yes. Yeah, so I'll tell you just a little bit of how I did it. So. What I did was initially I had my first tenant. Um, she, I somewhat made her so special and, you know, I charged her a reduced amount. And she was basically, you know, that person who didn't want to do anything and just sat around and did nothing but watch TV. Sat on the sofa. She was like a couch potato. <laughs> and she basically would just come back and tell me what was going on. But, uh, that didn't work out well after some point. So she ended up leaving. So I didn't know what to do. So what I did was I just put whoever was, you know, the rest of the people, I filled up the rooms. And what I did was I just asked one person, hey, you know, just talk to me. Let me know. The, the thing about it is the communication and how you make people feel. I saw that, you know, when I treated treated someone really, really well. I treat everybody good, but if I gave a little bit of special attention to some, that one person, like I'll say, hey, I'll do this one special thing, meaning like I'll buy food. You like to cook? Let me get you some stuff that you like. And, you know, that kind of turned into somebody just reporting to me what was going on. And what I did recently is because, you know, I didn't want anyone coming into the house that I didn't approve of. So, and I was traveling a lot, actually. We, we went to Jordan, Hawaii. We went to quite a few vacations, and it's like, you know yeah. what? I can't let people think that they could run over me because mm -hmm. I'm not here. They know that I'm not here. So I recently, uh, just about two weeks ago, implant, uh, implemented two cameras into the house, one into the kitchen and one into the garage. So I basically said, hey, I'm going to be watching you come in and out the house. So don't go in and out. Don't allow anyone in here that's not supposed to be in here. And it was like, you know, the, the cameras, like, they, you know, they were all talking like, oh, she's not supposed to do that, you know, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, it just seemed like everyone got in line to do 
what was asked of them. And so I got more of a response by just putting the cameras there, even though I hardly even monitor the cameras. You know, it, it just changed the whole dynamic of the house. It's the psychological aspect that they know. It's just like a red light, you know, the red light cameras. Same thing. Right, exactly. So that's what I've been kind of using. So um, my goal, like I said, was to get two more houses. And once I do that, fill it up, then I can hire somebody, hopefully someone in my family who needs a job, um, to just to kind of go around to the different places and, and watch it for me. While, you know, mainly when I'm out of town, but more so just to pop in and let people know that, you know, let the tenants know, hey, you know, you're not going to have a free free all here. You know, there is someone who's actually managing this place. So, uh, and, and, it, and it makes them feel good, too, in a sense. It, it's like at first it scares them, but then it made them feel like, oh, she really cares about us. She's protecting us, making sure no one comes inside. You know, I, I treat them very well, just just to put it to the bottom line. I treat them very well, and I treat them with respect. So that's kind of why I, I get the, the outcome that I get, because it's been a change in the, the demographic that I've gotten to the houses, too. Um, I learned that women are not okay. I'm not okay with having women. <laughs> I'd rather have older men. So that works in my favor. It just works better for my personality or whatever the case is. It just works better for me. So you, 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 you get it already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I do. I, I don't know how, but I get it. And that that uh, that that approach, you know, not not mean, not being mean, but being stern is right. uh, that that's that's key for just property management in general. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a woman. I'm 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 fairly small, and you know, I do have a very soft-spoken voice, and I I, I I'm very lenient. However, I do have my non-negotiables. And I, yep. I will stick to that. And that's kind of what's been able to allow me to get to where I'm at. Because I don't, whatever I'm not going to negotiate about, I'm just not going to do it. And it's not going to be a fit. So I think people see that, hey, Merlene is not going to, she's not going to go for that. If you try it, she's going to stop you immediately. And that's just basically what I do. Yeah. There, it, um, when I was in property management, I found anytime you kind of, Bended the rules a little bit for anybody, it it never worked out well. So, yeah. Um, and then you're you're just dealing with more people with this business, so that's right. that, that's key to uh, <clears throat> have have your non negotiables for sure. And you're you're using the the licensing agreement, correct? Yeah, I I'm, I'm using that. However, I did have an incident with a tenant um, who, who was familiar with the tenant laws, and and it did not work in my favor. And so she stayed there a month free, and there was absolutely nothing that I could do. So um, I just kind of put the fear in people initially, and just if I stick to a certain demographic, they'll understand. Mm -hmm. But she she was just trying to take advantage of the system, and like I said again. I, I realized what works for me, what doesn't, and I realized women don't work. <laughs> women? <laughs> doesn't, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. That 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 license agreement essentially. I mean, it's it's uh, almost like a hotel. I mean, if if uh, if you do have somebody at a hotel that's that's not following the rules, 
you know, they're, they, they're, they're yeah, they're gone. They, they're kicked out. So the, um, that's where you can get a little more stern. <laughs> so, uh, Andy, what, yeah. what do you do in those situations? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think um, it really is, you know, like Marlene said, I mean, it, it really does need to be kind of on a case-by-case basis some of the time, especially if you have somebody that, you know, I mean, I don't want to say that it's great, because um, it really isn't. I mean, it's the innkeeper's law is what it's referred to. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what can happen is you can get somebody that can say, well, you know what, that's actually not the case. This is a residential property, um, you know, and technically you need to evict me. So you might, you might get that, and we've had that on a couple of occasions. And just because we don't want to deal with, you know, potential legal headaches or whatever, They'll, um, you know, we, we will evict them. So it's pretty simple. I mean, here in Texas, we can have somebody evicted typically in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and the minute that we file the eviction, like, they, they usually leave anyways. Um, but most of the time, everybody kind of knows. And we show them the lease, say, look, there's a licensee agreement. It's just like a hotel. You're out of here. And, um, you know, occasionally we have had to get a little bit on the, you know, on the stern side with people. And the minute that they know that we're serious, they wind up packing their bags and leaving. But yes. a few occasions as well. I've been doing this for nearly 20 years where we have had to evict people. But I can really only count it probably on one hand. Yeah. And that's thousands and thousands of people. And this is, this is, I wanted to bring that up because this is one of those things that like people are kind of leery about in the beginning. You know, what if I have more people in the house? Like they think there's going to be all these issues where, one, you, you do have the legal protection with the license agreement. Um, and like you said, it's kind of a rare situation that, that anybody would really like try to take advantage of the situation. Yeah. And two, this is one of those things that, that you just have to deal with in any type of, uh, you know, property management situation. So even if you wanted to do just regular rental property, you can have people that, that, you know, do the same type of stuff. So, All right. um, the only difference with this is that most of the times you should be getting a, a guaranteed check from these folks every month and not having to, not having to hunt people down from, you know, that's a property manager's job. Usually every first through the 10th is, uh, chasing people down for their rent. <laughs> oh man, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning what to deal with and what not to deal with. I'm I'm still dealing with that, but for the most part, people know if you don't pay me, I'm I'm not gonna. You're not gonna have this room. So again, it's it's a really nice house. It's a fairly big house, and I, you know, the way that I set it up is like you feel at home. So you you want to go to somewhere. Here's your options. You can feel at home here, or you could go somewhere else where you 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 know it's just not as clean it's not it's nowhere near compared to the uh, luxuries you have here so you have a choice that's Mm kind of how i present it and nine times out of ten they're they're going to want to stay in a nice place because think about it the type of people that we're we're facing are people who don't have family that they can go to who don't have money to get their own place who don't know how to manage money to even get their own place even if they have enough or they just don't have the the knowledge to 
to even want to go out there and be on their own. This is the 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 the, the type of you know uh, demographic we're dealing with. So the way I position it is. Hey, I'll treat you right, treat you like family. Do you have a nice place to stay? Or you can go out there and do what you've normally been doing. How is that working out for you, you know? And yeah, <laughs> just, exactly. just like that, throw it in their face. Like, I, you know, I want to help you, but you got to want to help yourself. And that's kind of how I, I position everything with everyone, and that's why they respect me. Yeah, next stop is the street, essentially. Yeah. Right. Uh-oh. Marlene, quick question for you. Are you... Are you, how are you collecting your, not necessarily how are you collecting your payments, but are most of your people on SSI, SSDI, or what, what is the form of funding that you're typically going after up there in Atlanta? That's a good question. So, um, some of them are, like I said, I have a couple of veterans. Um, one has a fiduciary, so I get my paycheck automatically from them except for this month because there were so many mishaps i gave them the wrong mailing address and they he lost his card and they thought they were supposed to put his rent on his card so with that one lot that was one little hiccup i had but for the most part um they send his check directly to me um everyone else gets their check i have one tenant before the first even comes he doesn't want to be on the streets he gives me his check <laughs> before the first so he he guarantee he's he's basically you know he doesn't want that because I told you I, I let him know like if you want to be crazy and you know do crazy things this is what's going to happen you're no longer going to be here so it's your choice so he gives me his check right up front and the up, other two um, wait one guy works. The other guy, he he gives me his card so I could take him to the store to go get the um, funds. But I give him his card back. But he just like, hey, Miss Lillian, you know, I got your, I got your funds. Here's it on my car. Let's go to the store. And, you know, we go to the store. He gets what he needs. And we get our rent. And he's out of my hair. Yeah, he's like his direct express card or whatever. Let me yeah, throw a, a pretty, good, pretty good tip out there for you. I, I think it should be in the gold course. Um, one thing that we're doing and that's been really good for us, aside from just having a credit card machine, which is great, um, <clears throat> primarily for like the fiduciaries and the beneficiaries, the, fa- the family members that are getting money. Uh, and I like this spot. We also are using Near Me. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but you can actually print them out a Pay Near Me slip, and they can go into like any Ace Cash and They can literally bring the cash into Seven Eleven, and it'll get transferred directly into your account. And you can track it; you'll know exactly who it is. So yeah. you can throw out that way you don't have to worry about a check getting lost in the mail. Say that one more time, because you broke up with the word. It's called Pay Near Me. You can go to paynearme.com. Gotcha. Okay. Another another thing that we talk about in the gold course is using uh, third-party rep- uh, representative payee companies. You, you can have your, your tenants, uh, rather than you become the, the fiduciary or... Uh, chase them down for checks. They you can you can have them pay directly through them. They get set up as the uh, what's it called? Yeah, the rep payee, and then yeah. they 
you. So it's, uh, that's, that's one thing that you can, you can start implementing to kind of, um, you know, lessen your work duties. Yeah. I had one tenant who had a payee that actually worked out good. So uh, what I, I literally just had this conversation with my husband because of the fiduciary, uh, check not being there yet. Uh, it partly was my fault. Um, but I, I was just saying how convenient it is to have people who have payees, uh, try to stick to people who have payees because they are the ones that basically you have to think about the entire situation. They really need a place to stay and they have someone dealing with their money. So they're going to do right, you know, and these are, I find are the people that stay longer are the people who have a representative payee. Yeah. And you can, yeah. you can take people that, you know, they, they might have uh they might be working and getting their own, their own funds. Um, but the more people you have like that, you know, the more management duties that are going to be required of you. Correct. Um, and then, you know, they might lose their job. They might get sick. Um, but <laughs> They might not go to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. We're, we're learning that uh, right now. And that's something that was, you know, we kind of came to, like I said, we reverse engineer everything. So we realized that what's the best source of payments that we're getting? And it's like, okay, the payees. So we're like, okay, we got to change everything. So we're, we, we're not gung-ho to what we currently have. We're open to the changes and we, you know, we're welcoming the changes that works best for us. And before you know it, we'll be like Andy where we could travel. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Exactly. You're well well on your way. I mean, you're, you're ahead of 99% of the people out there. Yeah. And the fact that the fact that, the fact that you have the real estate investing side of things, um, you have that foundation that combined with the, with the group homes, uh, you know, you could probably see it. You probably see it already. The, uh, the potential. Um, yeah. So what, uh, before, before we, we, we wrap things up one, uh, do, do you have any, any questions for, for me or Andy, any, any issues that you've been, you've been struggling with? You know, um, I initially ran across an issue with the, I just kind of want to mention this. Uh, I don't think I gave you an update or did I, I can't recall whether or not I emailed you. Um, but remember, I don't know if you guys remember the situation I had about code enforcement. Um, I actually said the things that you guys said and Honestly, they, they, you know, I want to knock on wood. They haven't been back out to the house. They haven't bothered me or at, at all because once I, once they came to the house and said what they said, I initially was like, okay, maybe I should back out of this. Uh, but you know what? I just stayed strong and, you know, but I read, I read and read and read and read and read until, until I understood that you, you guys were right. You know, you can't deny people of housing and, and I, I said that, you know, I met with the code enforcement uh, officer and, you know, I expressed how I felt and I said, you know, this is something you can't do. I can't deny someone housing. I can't, you know, discriminate um, because one of my tenants, he has oxygen. I said, I can't discriminate because of that. I said, when he came in, he didn't have oxygen. Now that he has oxygen, I can't just say, you know, you have to leave. I, I'm going to get sued. Okay, so if this is not you, this is this is me, and I don't want to get sued. And so they literally just, like you said, backed off. I was like, "Oh, did that really work? They haven't come back yet." 
There's always going to be some push and pull, really, with kind of almost any business. I mean, they want they want more kind of control, more fees. They want they want everybody to to be licensed. Uh, we didn't really touch on that. You you are not licensed, correct? You don't have that any. That is correct. And uh, you know, this is kind of the point that we we hammer away with our content because most people can't wrap their head around that uh but you're just you need to follow the same code the same property code that any other housing provider needs to follow so you obviously you know and for people that aren't familiar out there it's going to be different every single county uh they they regulate like where we're at i mean it's down to like how how high your grass can be <laughs> but right. uh, you have to follow that same code. Uh, you know, you're not a you're not a licensed nurse. I don't think, are you? No, I'm not. <laughs> so uh, you you can't you can't perform any activities that require a license that you're not licensed to do, which you're not. Right. Doing. Um, and if you do, if you do get people that need licensed care, you don't need to turn them away. Uh, you can use uh, third, you know, out. You can outsource that to a third party. Home health companies, which is what uh, which is what Andy does to this day. That that is correct. Now I didn't outsource anything. Like I said, the one tenant that I have that has the oxygen, you know, he's been in and out of the hospital, so he that he's a resident there. So home health services have to come and provide him the services. I have absolutely nothing to do with it. Yeah. So, so you yeah. you said that you're not <laughs> you're not providing it, but. Um, that's essentially, you know, that's 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 what Andy does. Um, right. it, 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 yeah, that's the model in a nutshell. Yeah, it, that's it. So, I mean, I, I like to tell people, like, imagine if you're if you're just renting uh, a spare bedroom to somebody, and that that person just happens to need oxygen. What are you going to go to nursing school <laughs> to, to rent that room out to them, or are you going to ask permission from the government? Uh, no, you just rent the room to them, and if they need nursing, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> here's here's a number if if you need it. Uh, sometimes the we'll make a call for them if if they need it, but yeah, that's uh, a license is not required out there That's <laughs> uh, but you do you do need to follow the the same uh the same code so um you can there's some areas that have like maximum occupancy laws uh, you need to check how many tenants per square feet you can have and those are in in general across the board you can usually get at least two people per bedroom um but you definitely do need to check what your local kind of county property code is. Um, but but, I, but I, I think we should also point out the fact that federal law supersedes state law and county law. So it's just something, you know, there, there's multiple sets of laws. So it can become a very gray area when the code enforcement officers think that, hey, you're not allowed to have this type of person in the house or whatever. And you show them, hey, this is what federal law states, and there's a law, law in this as well. So you have federal law, and then you have case law, where the Supreme Court actually has ruled in the favor of housing group home housing providers, essentially. Yeah, every every time it's 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 been upheld, 
Uh, but there's always there's there's always little battles back and forth, and it sounds like you you've already gone through that. Brought, <laughs> yes. brought up the Fair Housing Act, and and it sounds like they backed away. So that is correct. That's a good lesson out there for for everybody. So, um, Marlene, what's uh what's what's the what's the long what's the long term goals? What are what are you and uh, and the hubby looking looking to do long term? Well, <laughs> well, uh, just to kind of finish off what we were talking about, the the fact is, the 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 city, depending on where you are, they want to play hardball and they they want to scare people away because they want to deter certain things just because they can. And the 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 the, the thing that you have to do is just stand your ground, and 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 if you believe it, you read it, just go for it. So I almost stopped the group home because of the code enforcement and I'm, I'm i'm glad i didn't because i the, the help that i'm giving to people it, it definitely is uh, a much benefit to my own community um but just to answer your question we literally right before you uh before you uh, text me or email me uh we just left a, a meeting with the developer so um my end goal um it's just to kind of go not kind of my end goal is to go further into real estate where I'm developing communities. Um, I go back and forth whether or not I want to develop a community of, like, group homes and have it centrally located. So, like, I could have, a, a, like, a row full of homes and then one building that I own that supply, that gives them entertainment, uh, just kind of be a, a catch-all for that demographic that I'm trying to reach. If I can do that, that would be, I, I feel like, you know, I've lived my life the way that I was sent here to do. Um, however, uh, another goal I have is just to develop a community, period. So if I could just build a few houses, um, I'm okay with that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thinking, that, thinking big. I like it. I love it. Um, yeah. And with your... With these group homes, you're you're establishing a uh, you're going to establish a track record of success. <clears throat> That's one of those things where, you, with and then big projects like that. That's probably where uh, if you just continue networking, you could probably open yourself up to getting grants and things like that. So um, that's a whole other ball game. But for now. <laughs> You see, you you see the power of, of the business. You've implemented what we taught, um, and you, right. you're seeing some success now. And you can definitely kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think. All right, that's correct. So awesome. thank you, guys. Uh, well, thank no, thank thank you for for uh, for implementing what what we taught. It's it's a beautiful thing to see, right, Andy? That's it's awesome. I mean, this is why we set up the website and. I mean, we love hearing it. I mean, we're really, you know, I, I feel like people like you are really making a very strong impact in your community. So, you know, really props go out to you. Yes, I, I, I agree. I agree. Well, uh, we are going to, we'll probably wrap it up here. Uh, Marlene, thank you so much for uh, for sharing your story. The All the other members are going to love it. Uh, thanks for uh see be active on our facebook group that's beautiful um yeah folks out there learning about group homes you kind of see the power of it it's totally doable uh merlene she did a little bit of research 
um, since she was six years old, <laughs> but <laughs> she's, uh, you know, it actually take, taken action. It's been, uh, been under a year. She got her first home filled up, looking to do two more by the end of the year. That's in her first year. Totally doable. Uh, check us out at grouphomeriches.com. And uh, if you're interested in, in the products that Merlene used, feel free to reach out to us.